Hello, this is episode 201. Now in this episode, and actually across the next few episodes as well, I'm going to be diving into detail into what I call the PAC process or the PAC process. This is a process where you as the homeowner bring a builder on board to be paid as a consultant, hence the PAC initials paid as a consultant. Now you bring them on to be paid as a consultant during the design phase and they work collaboratively with you and your chosen designer, and that may be an architect or a building designer, whilst your design is being developed. There are a range of processes like this floating about in the industry. However, the PAC process is a specific process that my business partner in my other business, Live Life Build, and I have created, and we also teach to builders inside that business as well. My business partner in Live Life Build is Queensland builder Dwayne Pierce. Now, if you're a long-time listener of the podcast, you'll be familiar with Dwayne from his interview in season four, and he's also my co-host in season seven. And he's my partner inside the Manage Your Build online program, which is part of the Home Method. Now, he and I are both really passionate about this pack process being the way to avoid so much drama as you design, build or renovate your family home. It's a process that Dwayne is used and improved over several years in his own business and we're seeing that other builders, designers and homeowners are having great success and far more enjoyable projects with it uh, when they use it. So that's why we've actually crafted and documented it as a proper formal process so that there's clarity around what it is and what it includes and it's why we teach it to builders inside Live Life Build. Now I've spoken about the pack process a few times on Undercover Architect. If you're a member of my online programs, you'll most likely have heard me talk about it in more detail there as well. However, as I said earlier, there's lots of other processes floating around there. And I know that homeowners, I've seen homeowners specifically ask for the pack process and they've been told by the builder, oh yeah, we do that. And then it's an entirely different process. It's actually pitched to the homeowner and then used. And that's why I wanted to take these few episodes to outline the why, the what and the who of the pack process. And I also want to share with you what it is not. And I think we'll actually start there so that it clears up any confusion straight away. Now, before I dive in, remember that the PDF transcript of this episode is available as a free download. So be sure to head to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 201. And that's the numbers 201 to grab that so that you can save it for revisiting and reviewing later. Now let's dive in. Welcome to the Get It Right podcast. I'm your host, Amelia Lee from Undercover Architect. With over 25 years industry experience, I've worked with loads of homeowners like you to create family homes that work, feel great, and that you feel great in. I'm a wife and a mum to three kids who, thanks to our own renovations, they all learned to climb ladders before they walked. And I'm a registered architect who is passionate about you feeling informed, educated, and empowered as you design, build, or renovate your home. Now, if you're up for some frank and open conversation about the true nitty-gritty of designing, building and renovating based on professional and personal experience across hundreds and hundreds of homes, well, you're in the right place. Undercover Architect is an award-winning online business and resource that began in mid-2014, and it's all about teaching you how to create a fantastic, feel-good family home, one that works for you now and into the future one that is sustainable and affordable and that helps you live a great lifestyle both in and beyond your home. So whether you're renovating or building, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget, consider Undercover Architect your secret ally in helping and teaching you how to get it right. Now before we jump into this podcast episode, a quick shout out to my sponsors. 
Today's podcast episode is brought to you by me and my free online workshop, Your Project Plan. I actually created this online workshop because I so regularly see a lot of time and money get wasted in renovation and building projects. And this happens largely because homeowners just don't know what they're supposed to be doing next. So that makes it really easy to make missteps, to take the wrong advice, or to actually skip important parts of your project that will catch you out down the track, or worse, mean that you miss out on things that you really wanted in your home. Learn how to avoid serious and expensive mistakes, what to do next, whatever stage you're at in your project, and also access some great bonuses too by heading to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. And that's project plan spelled P-R-O-J-E-C-T-P-L-A-N. That's undercoverarchitect.com forward slash project plan. Take the guesswork out of the next steps you need to take in your project journey and sign up today for free for this great online workshop. And now let's get on with the episode. Here we go. So the PAC process is a name that Duane and I actually created to describe the specific process that we've created and honed and seen work for many, many builders, designers and homeowners. Now, as I said, it stands for paid as a consultant and it's a specific process where the builder gets paid as a consultant to work with you and your designer or architect collaboratively during the pre-construction phase. Put simply, the builder is another team member on your design team and they work directly with you as the homeowner and their client and they're contracted to you independently and then they collaborate with uh, any other team members that you're using for your design, including your designer or architect, and they get paid for their involvement and for their time in doing this. Now, how much they get paid, it can vary depending on the builder, the type of project, the amount of work that they're doing, how long they're doing it for. And so I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on. This work that they do, it, in, it occurs inside a preliminary agreement that is actually separate to the building contract. And because of this, it's actually legally possible to use a builder for the pack process and then to not use them to build or renovate your home. So I'll talk about this later as well. Now, we know that there can be a lot of confusion out there when it comes to builders' involvement during pre-construction and being paid to be involved. And we see a lot of building coaches actually telling builders to charge for quotes, to get paid for planning and to stop quoting for free. Now, there's some good operators as well as some shonky operators jumping around on the bandwagon of doing this and in teaching builders to work this way. However, not meth all methods are being executed or taught in a way that really serves the homeowner or the process very well. There are also builders that will package up other services in an effort to get paid during pre-construction. So in episode 197, I actually spoke about design build or design construct, and that's where you work with a building company from the start of your project and they handle the design process either in-house or with a designer architect or draftsperson that they subcontract to. Now, we see lots of builders actually offering a design build or a design construct service to clients in an effort to deal with the problem that they often experience, that, you know, homeowners will come to them with designs that they've been working on for ages and falling in love with and that they're ultimately over budget. And builders get sick of being the ones always having to deliver this bad news. And so they see that offering design construct is a way of solving this problem because they can control the design phase and help the homeowner design a house that's on budget. Now, I really encourage you to listen to episode 197, which you'll find on undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 197. Um, and because in it, I explain what problems and risks you can experience with using the design construct model. And so it's worthwhile for both homeowners and builders to listen to that episode because I explain the risks from both those point of views. I think there's a lot of builders that aren't aware of the risks that they take on in offering design construct. And there's a lot of homeowners who 
think that the it's very attractive to work with somebody who's handling all of that in-house but don't understand the the challenges that they might experience. So and design build and design construct, it is not the same process as the pack process. Now there are some builders that are charging a small fee to just do a one-step quote or an estimate for your project and to give you a super simple document with prices against it as an indication of what your project will cost based on whatever information you can provide them. Now, I've seen builders do this early in a project right through to then charging for the quote that they might do for you at tender stage. So this one-step review that's based on limited uh, information, this is not the pack process either. Now, the pack process as we teach it, it's actually, it's a charged process. As I said, the builder's paid as a consultant. We do see, however, some builders will be charging a fee to be involved early in the project and then they deduct that fee for the service of doing that from the building contract. So you, it's largely to incentivize homeowners using them to do this and to reduce the perception of this being an extra charge. However, that's not what the PAC process is either. The PAC process is a separate service. It's a separate agreement and it's a separate fee. It's not deductible on your contract sum as far as we teach it. If you go ahead with using uh, your, the, your builder for your project, then that happens inside a building contract. Um, the PAC process is a standalone and it's a valuable contribution to your project. And so that's why it's remunerated as such. Now, we also recommend that the builders doing the pack process, that they do it as a fixed fee service. And in our experience, it can vary anywhere from $1,000, sometimes to around $7,000. It's really depending on the scale of the project, the time that the process takes, because sometimes builders might be working for you for 12 months inside this process. And it also can vary based on how intimately the builder will get involved, how much time will be involved for them. Um... And as a result, we recommend that it's not ever paid for on an hourly rate or on a retainer basis. That's why we recommend a fixed fee so that you as the homeowner have certainty around what the involvement is, what the scope is, and what total fee you'll be paying for it. Now, I'm going to be able to teach you more about what the steps are and what uh, is involved and what it looks like uh, when I talk about what the actual steps are in the pack process later on. Put simply though, the pack process is a working relationship between you, your builder and your architectural designer. They are the architect and des architectural designer and the builder. They're independently and directly contracted to you as the client. They both work for you personally. Um, it's not a triangle. You know, that's oftentimes what people say, think is that they think that it's a triangle with the architect or the designer being the lead consultant at the top. This is not a hierarchical model at all. It's actually a collaborative, you know, sitting at a round table kind of model where each of you play an essential role in what you can deliver, the expertise that you bring and the value that you offer. It's worth understanding that the success of the pack process actually does rely on each of you working to the same agenda. That agenda though, it's set by you as the client and the homeowner, because frankly, the project is only happening because you decided it would. So it's also worth knowing that this team approach where there is someone involved in the design who is advising on cost and buildability, this process happens at every other level of building and construction. Yet the individual homeowner whose finances can be seriously jeopardized by budget blowouts they don't get currently the benefit of this collaborative process uh, and this important expert input 
as a standard practice in our industry. They have to specifically go looking for it and know what to look for. And so that's why I'm really passionate about sharing this information because I feel like developers and governments and big corporations, they've been benefiting from this collaborative model, this approach to their projects for eons. It's the kind of process that I've worked inside when I've worked with corporate clients and and inside bigger businesses. And I feel that it's really time that homeowners got to work this way in their projects as well, that they had that level of expertise and input at the right time in their projects so that they could make far better decisions about how they're spending their very valuable and important money. Because let's be frank, it's most likely that you can't afford to waste or lose money on your project. And yet the design bid build model that we currently use in residential construction in building and renovating, it really sets you up to do this just by virtue of how it works. Now, I've talked before on the podcast about my time at Mervac and how we as the architectural and design team, we would present our design on a regular basis to the rest of the project team over the duration of the design phase of the project. Now, that project team, it was quite big. It would involve representatives from each of the departments. So we had development, sales and marketing, customer relations, construction and estimating. Now, and then we were there as the architects and the interior designers. So each representative would be at the table at all of those meetings and be providing input on the design as it developed. So I'm talking, we would be having weekly or fortnightly meetings over months and months as we were developing the design for projects. So you can imagine that many people at the table, loads of widely differing opinions, really different concerns and different areas of specialty that they're representing, different people that they're they're being the advocates for as well. So as you can imagine, that would make for some pretty lively conversations at those regular design review meetings. However, there was one clear mantra that we had, and that was this, that the project is king. So regardless of the differing opinions and the agendas at play, everything was brought back to this question of what is the best for the project? Now, the project goals themselves, they were set by the developer who acted as the client in this model. So that was the development manager and they then determined what goals we were all working towards for the project. And they'd be not just financial, they'd be a raft of different metrics and uh, some were analytical kind of things, some were far more subjective. Now, it was really then a case of what was best for the project was what was enabled the delivery of those goals. And this is what should be happening during your pack process as well. So the builder is going to have their agenda and their agenda is generally going to be to ensure that your project can actually be physically built, uh, perhaps using systems and methodologies that they're super familiar with because they can have confidence and certainty that they'll be able to do that well. And definitely at a price point that can meet your budget, that you can actually afford it because otherwise they're going to be wasting their time. Now, they're also going to want to do it with a level of quality and to meet Australian standards and performance because they know that they need to do that to meet their obligations and license as a builder. The architect or designer, they're also going to have their own agenda and it'll generally be along the lines of maximising what's possible for the design quality of their home. They really want to realise all the potential out of the design opportunities for your available budget and to really ensure that whatever they're doing, it creates highly functional, aesthetically pleasing and a joyful experience for you as the future inhabitant of this home, that it's really just going to work for you as a family home. Now, you are going to have your own agenda as well. And so like the development manager in my Mervac example, you then get to set the goals because it's your home. So this mantra of the project is king is really what drives the pack process and the interactions and the input from each party involved. The project ends up being the leader 
You are the individuals that are collaborating to serve the project and you as the client, you set the goals for the project and you do that by creating your project brief and then taking on the advice and the input of the uh, professionals that you've hired to help you expand your knowledge and the basis of what you can do. Now, before I jump into the various ways that the pack process can help you in your project, I do want to mention this. It's worth noting that inside Live Life Build, we don't talk about quotes, okay? Because what we know from our experience is that quotes are by definition a one-hit exercise. It's usually wrong and it's especially often wrong when it comes to building and renovating. We refer to that whole process and the, the document that gets presented as part of telling you the price of your project as a proposal. Because when builders actually do them properly, they're going to be documents that can sometimes be 40 to 50 pages long. They're very detailed in their scope and their information, and they act also like specifications for your project. They're going to be professionally and well presented, and you'll actually enjoy reading them because they're thorough. And they'll also give you great intel about your project and also about the builder who's providing the proposal as well. Now, as an architect, when I was working on projects with clients and I was seeking costing information and input from builders, I had builders provide their pricing in such a range of presentation formats, I'd be tearing my hair out. So it would go from like one being, you know, a single page letter with a couple of lines on it to a far more detailed, but still only a few pages schedule with a cost at the bottom. Like when you're about to invest six figures or more in working with a business to make your future home a reality, the quality of the costing documentation that you receive, it really matters. You know, it should fill you with confidence. It should feel professional and it should be suitably presented. And that's why we refer to it as a proposal because we want our builder members inside Live Life Build to understand the importance of this documentation, that it's not just about telling you, the homeowner, the price that it's going to cost to build or renovate your home, but it's also about helping you be able to trust them as a builder and see their professionalism as well. So we really want them to lift their game and understand how essential and important this document is to building a great relationship with you. So we've now established what the pack process is not. Let's have a look at the pack process, firstly, from the point of view of why it's a good process to use in your project, because I think this is going to deal with some of, or maybe a lot of the questions that you probably have about it and perhaps some of your doubts as well. And then in the next podcast episode, uh, episode 202, I'm going to share with you the what of the pack process. So what does it actually look like as a step-by-step system to be in as a homeowner? And we're going to dive into that in more detail. In the episodes after that, episode 203 and 204, I'm going to be talking with a builder and with a building designer about their use of the pack process. So you're going to be familiar with my guests if you've been a long-time listener of the Get It Right podcast because they've both been on here before. And in fact, it was around the time that I had them both on uh, in season four that they actually met each other as well. And since then, they've been building a collaborative working relationship whilst designing and building several new homes and renovations, uh, including one that I actually did the initial design for. You're going to get to hear from both of them individually so that you can see how it works from both points of view and why they prefer it as a process as professionals and also their tips for ensuring that you get it right when using the pack process in your project. I'm also going to be asking them the questions that I know you're going to be asking as well. Such, you know, there's a main one that I receive anytime I mention the pack process and that is... How can I ensure that the builder isn't just going to price my project according to my budget and I'll never know if I could have got a cheaper price from another builder through competitive tendering? 
So be sure that you stay tuned for those episodes and uh, you'll get to hear it from different perspectives and hopefully it will help you see if this process is going to be a good fit for you and deal with some of the challenges and issues that you're concerned about as your project rolls out. Now, let's have a look at the reasons why the PAC process can be super helpful for your project. And remember, before I dive into the benefits of the PAC process, just want to point out that you can download a PDF transcript version of this episode as a free download. And you can head to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 201, that's 201, to grab that, plus the um, links that I, and other resources that I'm also mentioning in this episode as well. Okay, so this is one of the big reasons why the PAC process uh, works so well. It helps avoid or seriously minimise the standard drama that comes in the traditional design bid-build process of renovating and building. You'll most likely be very familiar and have heard stories from others who've worked for months and months on their project design. They've spent money on professional fees and even approvals, and then they've gone to tender to a selection of builders, only to find out that their project, the design that they've fallen in love with, is significantly over budget. So it's then a case of figuring out how to redesign, you know, whether you have to go back to square one and start all over, whether you want to bother at all, what you're going to change, and then how you're going to pay for it all, plus deal with the delays to your project timelines. The PAC process helps avoid this or significantly minimise it because the builder is actually advising on cost and buildability as your design develops. So when you're weighing up which option to pursue or whether to add that extra room or what form to consider of the roof, whether the void will be too expensive to include or the multitude of other decisions that you're going to be weighing up, the builder can actually be helping you decide by giving input based on their experience as to what might impact the budget of your project and what might impact the buildability as well. Now, the buildability is a big one and it's a huge benefit of the pack process, almost more than the cost, I think, because what often happens is designers will go about designing a home in in without real knowledge of where they could gain efficiencies in their design through specific material choices or construction techniques. So when the builder's involved, they're able to advise on where this the design can actually adopt improvements that will help with the efficiency of the build, that will save time on site and enable your project to be simpler to build. Because these things can save serious money and definitely time on site, and they can all be incorporated whilst the design is developing. You know, one of the simplest things they can do is reduce the length of time that scaffolding's required on your project by being involved during the design. Scaffolding's a really expensive line item. So if you can reduce the time that you need scaffolding, then then that can be a significant uh, help for your budget. You know, and scaffolding is just one example of the many things that they can be helping advise on when it comes to the buildability. They can also be sharing advice right from the beginning about what your budget can potentially afford in the general size and type of project that you might be doing. And that can be great for setting some parameters for your designer to work with as well. The builder can show you other completed and recent projects that they've done that are similar to yours. So you can kind of see what then different budgets can buy and finishes in the standard of the project. And you can set the benchmark for your project from that realistic and current data and project information. Now know though that if you're doing this for 12 months, the prices are potentially going to move. So you just need to work with your builder and your designer to build in some contingency for that as you're moving through the design phase. Now I know that many homeowners are thinking, well, if I'm working with an architect or a building designer, won't they do all this for me? 
Uh, won't they take care of all of this and give me this kind of level of advice as I work with them? There is a mistaken perception that all architects and in fact all designers are going to know what your project will cost to build or renovate. And I see this lead a lot of homeowners into trouble because they'll rely on costing advice from their architect or designer during the design phase only to be sorely disappointed when they go to tender and they find that the design that they've fallen in love with actually exceeds their budget. So the costing feedback given by your architect, it's only going to be meaningful if they're doing lots of finished projects like yours, that they're working through and collecting regular data on what those projects actually cost to complete. So not just the contract sum, but with all the variations and changes that might have occurred during construction, and that they're keeping up to date with industry trends and costs as well. Now, I know of architects who have years of data on their finished projects, and so they can identify costs on a square metre rate as a result with some confidence. Only if you're doing projects like their past projects, though, is that going to work. The problem is, though, many architects in private practice, and when I say architects, I am referring to building designers as well. So architects, designers, building designers, they don't get to see a lot of their homes built per year because of the issues of designing something that's in over budget and the project not going ahead. And of course, costs are moving at such a significant rate, particularly now, but they do move at a rate anyway. So it's super difficult for a designer to always have a good handle on what your project will cost to do because it's the builders, the ones that are actually going out to the subbies, going out to the supplies, going out to uh, trades to get the pricing accurately when they price their jobs, whereas designers are only working with information on a sort of second and third hand basis. Now, the problem here is also that architects in particular, they should only be providing opinions of probable cost. That's not a, that's not really, it's not a cost estimate. It's not a quote. It's, it's not something that can really be relied upon with accuracy. I see also architects and other designers, they'll get budget information at the beginning of the project. So they might, you know, speak with the client about a potential square metre rate and sort of give them then a, a set sort of figure of what they might be designing to. But then they never discuss it again with the client. And they'll simply estimate a square metre rate and then keep a running tally of the areas on the drawings um, to track how that might be working with the budget overall. But if that square metre rate isn't accurate, in the first place, or you have specific challenges with your site that aren't reflected in that square metre rate, um, or it's not being updated over the six to 12 months that you might be designing your project, then it's going to be a really dangerous way for you to estimate your costs. Now, instead, when you work with a builder in the pack process who collaborates with your designer or your architect, it means that budget's going to be part of the discussion during your design process and buildability as well. And the professional who's going to be providing input on budget and costs is the one that's going to be most closely familiar with what it costs to build or renovate your home because they're the ones going out to the industry to quote to get jobs properly um, costed. So it's what they're physically doing every day. Now, another reason that the pack process works is because it actually gives you the chance to get to know the builder before you start renovating or building with them. And I actually think this is a huge, huge benefit that would solve so many dramas on projects because, you know, working with a builder on your re renovation or new build project, it's a relationship that requires fantastic, open and clear communication. It also requires a lot of trust and honesty. And as a homeowner, you're going to want to feel listened to and to know that your opinion is respected and that your wishes for your future home are held as important and valuable. Now, many people, they're not finding out what their builder is actually like until they're right at the pointy end of committing to them legally in the context of a building contract. Now, I've seen homeowners complain that a builder was one person during the contract negotiations and then an entirely different person once they signed on the line 
of the building contract. And so once you're legally bound by that building contract, getting out of it is really, really difficult. It's a bit of a pressure cooker situation to be getting to know someone for the first time and see if they're a good communicator and whether they're on the same wavelength as you in your project. Instead, when you actually work with the builder for the months that your design phase can take, that's going to give you a much better chance to get them to know them far more thoroughly because you'll be able to see that they actually do what they say they'll do. You know, you'll be able to see if they listen to you, how they communicate and if they communicate well, if they work with you in a respectful way. You know, the PAC process actually helps you see if this is happening and enables you to deal with it inside a preliminary agreement before you actually neck deep in a building contract. Through that PAC process, you can actually create a great working relationship where they understand what you're like, you understand what they're like, and then all the communication kinks can be nutted out before you're in that high cost, bigger impact, higher stakes part of the construction phase. Now, let's have a look at the next benefit of the PAC process. And this is having your builder involved early in your design phase through the PAC process. That means that they can do some effective due diligence and investigation on your site and on your existing home if you're renovating. So a lot of project budget blowouts will actually happen during construction just because of the unknowns that get uncovered whilst construction is underway. This can just be in the nature of your existing home if you're renovating, or it can be in the site conditions of your block of land. Having a builder involved during the design phase through using the PAC process, it actually can mean that the builder can be advising on specific ways that your site may impact your construction and design requirements. And that can be getting fed into the design process itself. So it may be specifics related to earthworks or the extent of retaining needed, might be in the configuration of the services. It can be related to site access during the build or the logistics that are going to need to be considered that could actually inform the design approach or the material choices or the structural design. The builder can also be doing investigations on your existing house if you're renovating and you may find that that will actually change your design approach and it will reduce the assumptions that you're working to. Old homes, they can be Pandora's boxes, but if you actually establish what needs fixing, replacing or removing before you finalise your design and your costs, then you're going to be able to accurately incorporate that work into your project rather than it being a nasty surprise that arrives just prior to you building um, contracts being signed or, you know, actually during construction as well. Now, another reason that the PAC process works is because it educates the builder on your design. So one of the biggest areas of frustrations that I see homeowners experience is that they'll work for months and months on their design with their chosen designer, and they'll have made a decision to not continue with the designer or the architect during construction for a number of reasons. And so then they, as the homeowner, they end up being the person that's directly working with the builder during construction, and they're the ones that are personally answering questions about the design. So they'll be at a site meeting and the builder will look at something and will make a suggestion to change something about the design, maybe because they think it can save cash or it can be faster to build or it can just be a simpler approach. Now, what I see happen is that the homeowner can often struggle in that moment at that point to remember exactly why something was designed the way that it was. You know, maybe that the discussion around that design item occurred six or eight months prior, or it may be just simply because it's one of the thousands and thousands of decisions that they've had to make. And so it's hard to remember the details of all of them. And so what can happen in that moment is that the also that because the designer isn't involved in construction and the builder wasn't involved in design, is that the homeowner who's acting as the design representative on site and then the builder, they may also not be able to anticipate the on-flow impact of making that design change. 
And so the homeowner then thinks, okay, well, the builder might have a good suggestion here. It's going to save me some cash. It's going to be faster. It's going to be easier for the builder to do this way. Um, you know, I don't want to make their life harder than it needs to be. That's what I just see a lot of homeowners think. They want the builder to be having a good time of building and not make things more difficult than they need to be for them. And they sort of get talked into this design change and, you know, they think, oh, either it's not, you know, the builder says it's not going to look that different or, you know, maybe it will look a bit different, but I don't mind that it's going to look a little bit different. I think it'll still look good. So yeah, yeah, I'll change it. I'll go ahead and change it. And so the change is made and the project proceeds. And then often what happens is that the things that then come after that, they don't turn out as the homeowner anticipated. And then they remember, oh gosh, that was why that thing was designed the way that it was in the first place. And they're frustrated at themselves for not remembering things before the change was made and sticking to their guns. And putting yourself as the homeowner, as the sole guardian of your design, that's a big ask for anyone. And then they're also frustrated at the builder for suggesting the change because it's not been a great outcome and they're the ones that are going to have to live with it. Now, when the builder is actually involved during the design phase through the pack process, sitting at the table with you and the designer, pouring over those drawings, having all of those discussions, they get to know the design intimately. They see what your brief is. They see the decisions that you've agonised over, you know, the toing and froing, what your deal breakers have been, the things that have been discussed and mould and, you know, just mould over and painstakingly, all of that, in, you know, all of that conversation that happens during the design phase that then have resulted in the design being the way that it is, they get to be party to all of that firsthand. And because they've also been able to advise on buildability and cost throughout the design, the design already incorporates all their suggestions for efficiency and for speed of construction and for simplification and for cost savings. So, you know, and it's all being done without compromising your design outcome. So it just means that you can avoid so much drama on site in those disruptions because the builder gets why the design is the way that it is and project uh, construction then just becomes execution of all that design work that you've done. Now, the thing is too, that through the, through the pack process, you can get the builder's help with consultant coordination. So if you're working with an architect, they're going to usually handle the coordination of other consultants that your project may need. Um, they generally do this as part of their service. It can vary from architect to architect, but this is often what architects will do as part of their work with you. So that might include the coordination of the structural engineer, the surveyor, uh, the geotechnical engineer to get the soil testing and reporting done, might be a town planner, might be a building certifier or a um, you know, whoever's doing your building permits. But if you're working with a building designer, then they may no, not want to do this consultant coordination. They may not ordinarily include it and um, it just may not be in their scope of services, which means it's going to fall on you to do. But builders who do the pack process, they can often help with this consultant coordination through the design phase. And even if your architect is handling consultant coordination, when the builders involved during the design phase, they can also then be discussing buildability with these consultants. So for example, you know, the builder may have suggestions about the structural design based on their methodology and experience of building that's going to be helpful for the structural engineer to know and to incorporate into their structural design approach before they fully documented um, your structural drawings and can actually create efficiency as well and avoid you having to change drawings down the track. The pack process, it will also enable the builder to advise what drawings are physically required. So it means that your project won't be over or under documented. Now, many homeowners, they get really mystified by what drawings are actually needed in order for you to have a confident build process. And it's a part of the project that can vary a lot in time frame and in fees that are charged for it as well. 
Now, it's why I include inside the home method a sample set of suggested documentation. Um, I believe that this the sample set that I have in there, it's the minimum that you can create for your project whilst also giving you a high level of control and certainty over your construction phase. Now, when a builder actually works with your designer during the pack process, they can tell the designer what drawings they actually need and what they need in those drawings and what information to present and include. And I've seen how much this can improve the documentation process and streamline things overall. Working with the builder from the early parts of your design phase through the pack process will also mean that you're in their work pipeline. So... <laughs> Good builders are busy at the best of times, but especially now when demand in the industry is really high, it's ridiculously high. And if you're waiting to find your builder until you're ready to start construction, then it can be really challenging to find one that is available. If they're available, it may be because you've just lucked out on a gap in their workflow or they've had a job fall through, someone pull out. However, it's far more likely going to be because they're just not a good builder. It really frustrates me to hear homeowners tell me that they've tried to find builders earlier in their project, but those builders have then actually refused to look at their project or refused to talk with them until they can come back with full planning approval or they've had their engineering documentation done or both. Now, I know why builders do this. It's because they get really frustrated with homeowners who are tire kicking, who are not serious about their projects, who are not being realistic about their budgets, or are just purely using the builder as a price check because they have another builder that they want to work with, but they just want to be sure that they're not paying more than they could. Now, it takes a lot of work for a builder to create a thorough and accurate assessment of your project cost. It involves sending your drawings and your specifications to suppliers and subcontractors, uh, defining and checking scopes that are quoted by those parties and doing all their own takeoffs and calculations for the cost of your build. Now, this can take four to six weeks sometimes to pull together. It's a process that they shouldn't be doing for free. And in fact, they're not really because it's going to be factored somewhere into the cost of running their business. Many builders when they're quoting projects like this through the design bid build model, they have a conversion rate of around 10% on their free quotes. So what that means is that they'll do 10 quotes, but they'll only secure one project. And guess what? It's the project that gets the secured, that gets secured, the one out of 10 projects that is secured, that is actually ending up paying for all the free quotes that the other nine people got for their projects. Instead, we find builders who use the pack process, they actually secure a significantly higher number of the projects that they're providing their costing information on and they're getting involved in. And they can then methodically plan their workflow and their project load to deliver those projects more effectively. Now, when you get a builder involved during the design phase through the pack process, it means that you're going to be able to streamline your timeline and your process overall because lots of time gets lost in the gaps between steps in the process whilst you're waiting for the next person to be ready. If you're finishing your design and then you're waiting for a builder to be ready, you can sometimes be waiting six months or more. And so instead, if you know that you're booked into a builder's project workflow very early on, and then they can be flexing and changing that as your project progresses, and that's going to help you know that you're going to avoid losing big chunks of time sitting in a holding pattern, just waiting for the builder that you want to be available. So what I see happening for projects using the pack process is that so much of the normal risks in construction get ironed out in the, in the design phase. So construction risk is massively reduced. Any project can have its unexpected hiccups and hurdles during the build, especially if you're doing a custom project because it's a one-off. It's got its own unique challenges that can crop up. However, when the pack process is used, many of the normal hiccups and hurdles, they can be dealt with during the design phase. And so this can be through investigations of the existing home or the block of land. 
It can be through testing specific materials that you might want to use. It might be the builder actually being able to plan logistics and sequencing in a far more methodical way because they understand your design and they actually have the physical time to be able to plan it properly. There's so many areas like this. And because in a design bid build model, they're delayed, you know, until the construction phase. So the builders often having to be much more reactive to deal with them. And they're finding out about all those things in a really tight time frame right before you want to sign a contract. In one recent project that actually used the, the pack process, the client said to me that it was actually like each weekly site meeting was more like a catch up with a friend and a reveal of whatever had been progressed on site in the past week because their selections had been made during the pack process, issues had been ironed out. You know, the site and the house were understood really intimately. And so that dramatically lowered the stress on site, it made site visits much more fun and the project much more enjoyable overall. Now, I can hear your concerns and your questions about whether you're going to get the most competitive pricing available when you're using the pack process. And I, I totally hear you because no one wants to have to pay more than they have to for their future home. I can also hear you being worried that you're going to be locked into the relationship with a builder perhaps earlier than you would like and not able to leave them before construction. So we're going to cover those plus deal with more objections and concerns that I hear from homeowners over the next few episodes. Now in this episode, I really just wanted to help you understand why the pack process can be such a useful way to work through your design phase and what the benefits can be. In the next episode, I'm going to be diving more into the what of the pack process. So that is what is the actual step-by-step -step process so that you can have a clearer understanding of what it really involves, who does what, and also what you can expect from them as well. Because it can feel a bit mysterious in terms of the way that the relationship works, particularly if you feel like the designer and the builder are in cahoots with each other and kind of, you know, not necessarily keeping you across all of the information, honestly. So we're going to talk through all of that so that you can understand how that can work and what you should expect from people inside this pack process. Um, it's going to be, I'm really looking forward to sharing this detailed information with you about the pack process because I really do believe it's such an awesome way when it's done right to get a great outcome and an experience from your renovation or new build right from the start. And I'm seeing time and time again how much it improves budget management and it creates strong relationships within project teams and it also makes projects far more enjoyable overall. I'm also seeing the proliferation of getting paid for quotes or charging for quotes info that's being spread through the residential building industry and builders getting taught terrible information about how to implement this in their business. And in Live Life Build, we actually have an online program that teaches builders our specific pack process, provides them with templates and tools and checklists that they can put it all into action in their business. Now, before you ask, hey, Amelia, can we get a list of the builders who've done the Live Life Build pack challenge? I'm going to say this. I would love to give you the list. I would love to share those names with you, but as you're most likely going to be aware, just because someone has bought an online course doesn't mean that they've done it. And just because they've done it doesn't mean that they can do the process well. And just because they can do the pack process, it doesn't make them a quality builder. It's because of this that we don't share that information. We are, however, working on a scheme where we can share our star performing builders with you more confidently. So stay tuned for that. It's always been my dream to build an army of builders that I can send the undercover architect community to. And I am working on it so, so, so hard at the moment. Okay. Now, I'm also going to add this, you know, using the pack process, it can still mean that your project pricing can move from when you start to when you finish. 
It can mean that you can get feedback on a price increase. Uh, a specific product or material can trigger some redesign work and then you can end up being charged extra fees by your designer to make changes to the documentation to reflect those price increases. You know, the project that price that you start your design process with as an estimate and idea of what your brief may be worth, that may be different to the total sum that you have formally priced at the end once you've resolved all of your design decisions and your selections. So I can hear you say, well, if it all still can change, what's the point of paying the builder to be involved? The thing is that these changes that, that can and will happen, they are so much easier and less expensive to absorb as you're designing rather than once you're all finished and fully documented and approved. So I've seen homeowners need to pay tens and tens of thousands of dollars in redesigns, in additional approvals and in extra costs when they've waited right until before construction and contracts to tender their project. Construction costs are unfortunately and frustratingly a bit of a moving target. When you make yourself and your project more agile in order to handle that and to respond to it and to adapt to it, it's going to be far less stressful and easier for you to manage. Now, I know this can be frustrating. I know you want to know as soon as possible exactly what your project's going to cost you. However, it is so difficult to do that. And anyone who's suggesting that they can has most likely built in a really big buffer or contingency to manage the moving target and minimise their risk. I'm also going to add this, that even though you may be hiring a builder early to do the pack process in your project, I still recommend that you thoroughly research them and you do all the same assessments and you ask all the same questions that you would if you were choosing them at the point of contracts. The quality of builder that you choose to use in your pack process, it should be sought with the same level of rigour if you were choosing them to build your finished project, because if it all goes well, they're going to be doing that as well. Now, my mini course, Choose Your Builder, it's really good for this. I've got in there a list of checks and, a, and specific questions to ask to literally help guide you through the information to gather from any builder that you're considering for your project. So I'll pop a link to that mini course in the resources so that you can check it out. I really look forward to having you tune in for the next episode on the pack process and being able to share more helpful information on this process with you. Don't forget, you can download a full transcript of this episode at www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash 201. That's the numbers 201. It's going to be really handy for you to grab the free PDF download and to save it to your project file so you can return and refer back to it later. And I've included all the resources that I've mentioned in the episode in that download as well. Please share this podcast episode with family, friends, colleagues, even strangers, basically anyone that you know it may help so that we can get this information and knowledge into the ears and hands of as many homeowners as possible and improve their experience of designing, building and renovating their family homes. I love hearing the stories of those who found this podcast thanks to the generosity of another listener. It is just awesome. Now, if you haven't left a review on the Undercover Architect podcast, especially if you listen on iTunes, I would be so grateful if you please could. It really makes a difference in enabling this podcast to reach others that it can help. And it also ensures that I can continue to grow the podcast and get amazing guests and information on here as well. Be sure to tune in for our next episode, which lands each Tuesday morning to access helpful information and education in your project journey so that you can get it right as you design, build or renovate your family home. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye. Bye.